Franz Ferdinand, who was the nephew of the Austro-Hungarian emperor, was killed by a group called the Black Hand. And because they were a Serbian nationalist society, the empire declared war on Serbia. Then Russia, which was bound by a treaty, was forced to mobilize, which meant that Germany had to declare war on Russia. Then France declared war on Germany, and that was World War I, because the emperor's nephew was killed. States. Nope. No. The War of 1812 to 1845. Nope. Not, not accurate. The Big Muddy. <laughs> Maybe. Actually, that is <laughs> that a was pretty accurate. accurate actually, <laughs> that the is Big Muddy. That is true. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. Uh, I'm your host Brandon Beck. I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato. Uh, he also still doesn't know when the Civil War ends, so um, nope. don't take any dates he says on this podcast as truth. But I, I do know not to call you the Big Muddy. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> uh, and uh, joining us today is a uh, writer, uh, great dude on Twitter, uh, Jack O'Brien. Jack, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, how's it going? Uh, I'm good. Uh, how's it going with you? Pretty pre, 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 all right. Pretty all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've been Twitter pals mm-hmm. for a few years now. You're super duper hilarious. Oh, thank you. On That's Twitter. You. Uh, thank you. Um, He's not one of the three people that gets your fish jokes, is he? No. Are we about to get into that? No, 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 thank no. God. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I, I, I sort of decided I get to have one fish person on like a year and we are, we just did, we just did the fish episode like. Just a couple months ago, so so yeah. It's it, I, I oh mm, we are going to talk about it though. We oh. are going to talk about it though. Oh, is no. that what you're into this week? That is in Did fact. I just what remind you what you're yeah. into this week. Um, but before we get into that, Jack, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I live in Los Angeles, and I'm cool. from Connecticut. And oh, me too. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, oh, you're from Connecticut. Yeah. What part? Newington. Oh my God! I'm from Rocky Hill. Oh, okay, yeah. we're like neighbors. Yeah, that's really close, right? Yeah, yes, that's, that's really, really close. close. Next door. They're next door. Is is that place where I could get the two foot long hot dog in Rocky Hill? No, no. that's Doogie's, and it's on the Turnpike. It's on Berlin. It's in the Berlin Turnpike. That one's in okay. Newington. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, wow. Are we just gonna? Can we just make this the like Connecticut food Connecticut? episode? No, cause yeah. no that's cause what we've got. One hot dog and a good lobster roll because Maine could go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we should talk really quickly about your, uh, speaking of lobster rolls. Oh, my your... anger at the Disney organization. <laughs> yeah. So we were uh, we were down in, in Epcot for the Food and Wine Festival recently. And so we, cool. It's, oh, it's the best. And we rolled up to the America Pavilion? Yes, the America booth? the America Pavilion. Where they had a- Where they should know better. They, they should, where they had a lobster roll. Um, I'm still angry about this. You you can explain it better than I can. Well, okay, because well, you know it's the just, difference. It's, I know because it's okay. Lobster rolls are either Maine style, which uh-huh. is cold with mayonnaise, or they're Connecticut style, which is warm with butter. And Disney had the audacity to give me a lobster roll that was warm with mayonnaise. Uh, 
Was it chunks of lobster yes. or was it a slaw? It was chunks. And like a pound of Old Bay. Ugh. Or Old Bay? Yeah, it's Old Bay. It's always yeah. Old Bay. But like, I was so mad about it. <laughs> I was so mad about it. Yeah, that's not, not how right. it works. That's not right. It should just be with butter if it's chunks. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was very mad about it. The other thing she was so mad about was the fact that we were there two days after her birthday. And she had the, you know, lack of foresight to say around me, I was thinking about getting one of those happy birthday buttons. I was joking. I Uh, said, should I get one of those happy birthday buttons? And next thing she knows when we're checking out, I said, oh, and can we get a birthday button for my (laughs) wife, please? Uh, which she put on her bag and was not allowed to take off for the rest of the day. <laughs> had my actual human name on it and th- uh, spoke to me yeah. all day. Yep. And as the day went on, every time we'd, you know, get onto a ride and someone would go, oh, happy birthday, Beth. It would delight me <laughs> to no end. When I went to Disneyland on my birthday, I had the same treatment and it is a little bit stressful. Right. To actually, um, cause like. At the moment, like let's say haunted, haunted uh, mansion. Yeah, you are have been in line for a while, so your adrenaline is pumped up mm-hmm. by the time you get up to the top, even if you've been on it a hundred times. Oh yeah, then you're on a conveyor ride. belt, mm-hmm. and then the cart doesn't stop, so you have to get on. Like your conveyor belt is moving the same speed as the cart. Yep, and then you have to climb on, and then an emo guy is like, <laughs> "Happy birthday, Jack!" And you're like, ah. <laughs> Did it's I see stressful. you at top, yeah. Hot Topic at yeah. the Glendale Galleria? <laughs> yeah, it's they 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 would say they would just like address it to me. People, cast members would just like shout at me, "Happy birthday!" And yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, I can't." Okay. That's you, very nice of you. Can I get a free popcorn? No, no. then fuck off. No. Your cadaverous pallor betrays the fact that you're thirty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um. Before we get into the the topic at hand, the big muddy, uh, let's talk about what we're into this week. Don't worry, I'll go first. No. So, so back uh, as as I mentioned to you, Jack, before uh, the show, I was recently in Vegas to see Fish for Halloween. Um, as I think I probably covered before on the on the show, Fish does three set concerts for Halloween, and the middle set is a cover of another band's album from start to finish. They've done the White Album, they've done Quadrophenia, they've done a, a ton of st- they did ziggy stardust a couple years ago um but for this year's show uh rather than covering an actual album they invented a scandinavian prog rock band from the 80s called kasvot vaxed wrote an entire album as kasvot vaxed and then planted a bunch of fake interviews and like reviews of this album across the internet on like WFMU and like Pitchfork and stuff um and then proceeded to play a fake album in character as another band and it was legitimately one of the coolest things they've ever done their entire stage was white um all their instruments their strings were white it was so cool and it was just like an hour of like so it was original by them yeah it was it was by them but it was they they didn't acknowledge that the entire time. They get, they hand out this little like playbill uh, each time they do it, and it had a like fake album cover, a fake little interview about this weird you know fake album. A bizarre ad for Soul Cycle. Oh yeah, bizarre ad for Soul Cycle. Um, and it was just it was so funky. It was this like 
basically my favorite band secretly dropped a sci-fi concept album about life and death on Halloween. And I have not stopped listening to it in like No, he has not. Two weeks. And what do you what do you think of it, Beth? It's just a thing that happens around me. It's fine. I haven't listened to the whole set. I've seen like he's right. The their their production design is always really cool. The set was really cool. Um he showed me some of the set because I'm always that person who wants to see Yeah. Their production design, because God, their lighting designer is a fucking genius. But um, he really is. Uh, this guy, Chris Carota, he's I been there. Listen to much of it, other than I know somebody like a, a woman with a vaguely Asian accent says face faceplant into rock over and over and over and over and <laughs> yeah. over again. And I can yeah. hear it from the shower when he's taking a shower. <laughs> just listening to it. Faceplant into rock. Yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I I can't imagine at this point that like. Any new fish music sticks out from any old fish music because it it's just the like this morass of songs you've heard. I mean, like, yeah, Kima's like, dude, come on, move on. Kima's like, yo, <laughs> she stopped petting me to talk to you about this. Um, so yeah, Casvolt Vaxed. The album is E Rock I R O K K, and it's streaming on Spotify now. Wow! Uh, so if you wanted to uh, check out what I did on Halloween uh, and listen to like an actually like cool sci-fi concept album. Give it a spin. All right, I won't talk about fish anymore. Oh, I'm into this podcast. That's who I'm into this week. That's true. The... Sorry, this cat's real salty that I was gone for a week, Aww. and so she's all up in my business. It's yeah, she's, she's adorable. Good. She's very good. Yeah, she she's sort of the third host of the show. She'll she doesn't normally talk this much. She's just mad at me. Yeah, she'll she'll chime in. Her comedic timing is really good. <laughs> it's not as good as my old cat's, who was like who could have made a career as like. The goofy friend in rom-coms. Yeah. Um, anyway, what am I into this week? Oh, God. People not dropping out of plays. <laughs> uh, having, a, having, a, having a week, guys. Having a week. Sure, no. um, what am I into this week, dude? I don't know. Um, oh, actually, I knew what I was into. Sorry. I had something and I forgot what it was and I remember. Uh, uh, they put the one of the previous seasons of Great British Bake Off up on Netflix called the great british baking show that one's really fun to watch but what i'm truly into this week is uh the new season of great british bake-off which is also on netflix and there is one person who is in this his name is raul and <laughs> he is either a secret fucking comedic genius or a sad meme come to life <laughs> and i can't decide which is better but i love him yeah it's it's pretty amazing he is, and his him and Noel Fielding together are just fucking hysterical unintentionally because like this this very like sweet soft spoken boy is just like just just there trying to bake and do his best and Noel Fielding just comes in Noel Fielding around him and like talking at him and doing his own little bit and this this very stressed out boy is just like I don't know what's happening like at one point he's doing like he makes this he's Noel says like you look like Luke Skywalker. That was a terrible Noel Fielding. Whatever. Um, and and the, he's like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, what, I don't who what is that? Is. I don't want, I've never, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, he's just like, who is that? I don't know. And he's like, Star Wars. He's like, I've never seen, I just, I don't know. And then he's the guy's like, yeah, it's Star like Yoda. Wars. And he's like, I'm going to go back to work. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God. Like, it's so funny. I love him. He's, I love he's him. like, please the, go watch it. He's like the Jabibo equivalent of, the the Jibibo? like I've never heard it. I've pronounced. never heard anybody call it. That. I decided last night it I was going like to start a Star Wars race. It sort yeah like a, like a Star Wars race or like a, a like educational touchscreen device for your three year old. Yeah, like we oh we got him a Jabibo. He loves it. Um, 
but he, he's sort of like the uh, the the intern character on BoJack, uh, who's just like <laughs> always getting stuck to stuff and just is always like, uh, what? <laughs> but he's a very delightful boy. Uh, Jack, are you anything into anything in particular this I week? I think this week I'm probably into Red Dead Redemption too. Yes. Um, which was very slow to start for me, and I was like, this "Oh, was isn't it now?" Be good. And then, uh, then I somehow got just hooked on it. Oh yeah, despite I... m- despite my initial reservations. Yeah, those first few hours are rough going. I don't know why they. They chose to make it that way. That was a choice. It re- yeah, it really was. It like there are lots of choices in that game that like I respect from like a design mm-hmm. and like world building point of view. But then like the realistic, you know, the fact that you're walking so friggin' slow the entire Everything game is, slow. is like I pre I like I get it, but God, I, I like I just want to get rid of it. Like, so so many of the missions are get on your horse and ride here, have a conversation, get on your horse and ride to a place that person told you told you to go to, then lasso somebody, yep. which takes about one second, put Always them on the back of your horse, though. then ride them to a third location, like Never ride, ride back to the first location, and then get your money, and it's like $14. And yeah. Like, Great. I can buy. Yeah. And you're like, cool, that took me 45 goddamn minutes. Yeah, and you're just, I mean, I know that it's nice to walk around. A part of the appeal of the game is that, like, you're riding around in nature, and we don't get to do that anymore, and how that's nice. But also, it's boring. Yeah. (laughs) It's just boring. And yet, it's still the thing you're into. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I'm complaining about it out of love, because I have been playing it all week, and I do love it, and I am obsessed with it. Yep. Um, yeah. it, him too he was like the whole time we've been gone I've just been thinking about playing Red Dead Redemption <laughs> oh yeah I had to play Diablo for a week oh, no. on the Switch no actually Diablo's on the Switch kind of rules <laughs> oh I thought you were talking about like on a Nintendo or something <laughs> the NES I mean it is a Nintendo Diablo. but yeah that's what I mean <laughs> yeah. I played Night in the Woods this week that was good oh god Night in the Woods is so fucking good I would I would love to get that guy on the show I, I, I doubt he ever would but god I would love to get that guy on the show um <laughs> So the thing we are here to talk about. Yes. The big muddy. Okay. The old. You're just so happy you that you just... landed on one that actually made sense. You yeah. could call it the Great War. I could call yeah, the it the Great, Great War. The Great War was was correct. Yeah. The setting of the big red one. World mm-hmm. War I. World War One. Oh it's Why? literally Veterans Day. Have some respect. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is. We are recording this World War One podcast on oh, Armistice Day. day. On Armistice Day. Oh, it is it is Veterans Day technically but it was now. Armistice Day, yes. But it started as Armistice Day. Mm-hmm. Uh right. you might have noticed that I'm wearing my red I poppy. Did. It's a le- it says Lest We Forget. Oh. And uh it's a like a little uh pin um was that bad no that actually that like was your the microphone was perfectly placed to pick that up and it made just the Um, slightest little so uh um it was really cool to see the photos of emmanuel mackerel and uh angela mackerel (laughs) out in europe like hugging and holding hands and, and kissing each other on the face like being appreciative. Um, like a hundred years after their countries were at each other's throats. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wonder where our president was. Oh God. Wonder I what can't he was get doing. Into that right now. Somewhere climate controlled. Apparently, he doesn't like the rain. World War One yeah, was soft fires, on borders. And all the fires are, you know, our fault. Yeah. Oh yeah. That too. California is literally on fire. That too. I mean, California is always on fire, but like all of Malibu is basically gone. We yeah. have to get smart. Yeah. He told us to get smart. I yeah. guess we should. We should just we, we should outwit the fire, that. y'all. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> we've we've solved fire. We just need to be smarter than it. <laughs> Get that fire on stage in a debate competition. <laughs> oh, you know, like the Lincoln fire debate. Where yes. Lincoln debated a raging fire. Yeah. That's true. He, de- he debated that raging fire right into the ground. Yeah. Didn't didn't eat him up. Took all the oxygen out he, of the He room ended up president. With his debate. Mr. Fire, your response. You have seven <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, World War One. World War One. I. I mean... I was looking at the other episodes you guys have done and thinking about the ones I've listened to. There's a lot of TV shows. There yeah. are. It's a thing that, you Comic know. Comic books. It's yep. a thing that lends, pop culture lends itself to. Yeah. This might be the first one about a war. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, we so. we did one about so tardigrades I've... once, which is a science thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's we true. That's one. true. We did a science one. But it is, it's, it's an interesting, I mean, you're right. It's fucking fascinating. I mean, horrible, but fascinating as a historical subject. I mean, there's a reason it was the Great War, the reason it's, you yeah. know, World War. What Like, yeah. it's so unprecedented and changed so much. It about really did. The whole course of the 20th century and the way that we all relate to one another now and the way things even yeah. work. Like, it kind of changed the world more than World War Two did. Yeah. Even though World War Two gets all the historical love because it's, it's, it's a it flashy was a lot one. More dynamic. It was. It's flashier. It was bigger. It did in, involve more of the world, and also one um, bad guy. Yeah, it has a really good bad guy. It has a good that, villain. Yeah. That uh, World War One. There's, there's not. I mean, there's evil, but uh, there's not the concentrated, like. Easy to lampoon and for everybody to yeah. hate. Yep. World War One. World War Two. World War One ended up happening mostly because of people's like treaties. Yeah. Not yeah. because people were super invested in it. And I mean, the whole thing started with the the murder of um, Archduke Ferdinand. Yeah, by the Black Hand in Serbia. Like, yep. Yep. That like nobody really gave a fuck about some dude's cousin. Yeah. Like, yeah. The world got involved because of a, a pretty small like bordered its dispute or yeah. like occupation and like for ferdinand himself was not that big a deal or like that big a player on the world stage no, like when yeah. he was assassinated nobody would, nobody nobody, would know who it he wasn't was in now. any newspaper no. yeah nothing nobody cared mm-hmm. and, but it set off this chain reaction that uh yeah that caused if the war, war. If, war if the war if that hadn't happened nobody would fucking know who he was oh, yeah. yeah it'd be like if world war three was you know, kicked off because someone assassinated the mooch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it is kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I saw a play in LA. I'm going to talk about some media. Awesome. You know? Yeah. That, that I saw this play in LA written mm-hmm. by, uh, this guy, uh, Rajiv Joseph, I think is his name. Okay. And he wrote a play called uh, Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. Oh, I've heard that's oh, really, heard that's really phenomenal. good. Which had Robin Williams. I saw that on Broadway with Robin Williams in it. How was ago. that? It was really good. Robin Williams played a tiger. And I think he got nominated for a Tony. He wasn't like in a tiger costume. But sure. But he had a big beard. I was right at the front because I won lottery tickets to it. Oh, nice. And uh, he's just spat. 
so much. <laughs> I'm sure. You know? He just... Bah, 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 bah. But it was really funny and really great. And this same writer did this play called Archduke, which was about um, Gavrilo Princip, who killed Archduke Ferdinand. Sure. And how he was just this poor, uneducated, sick with tuberculosis, mm-hmm. like 18-year-old guy who got... Um, uh, indoctrinated by basically a terrorist. Yeah, he was basically like a fucking throwaway person for the IRA. Like, yeah, like the same concept. The Black yeah. Hand was a political mob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the yeah. So they just uh, recruited they didn't care him. About him, and they knew and he they was dying. Like, so they said, know? "Sure, go ahead." Did you know that Austria is making you sick? And yeah. he was like. I bet it is Austria making me sick, even though it was tuberculosis. Yep. And so the play, which was very funny and very real, ends with the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, which is also crazy because the original plan was to throw bombs at their car as it drove by. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And they, they messed that up. They There was like five fairness, guys, it was a carriage. each car with a bomb. Yet. And True. it was actually a car car. Really? But it was like the old like... <laughs> Kind of a car, car. A coughing cloud. 1914, yeah. 1914. Oh, yeah, so it would have just like come out. One of the like, crank up stuff. It would have just, like, I was going to say 1914 yeah. is when the car was invented. Yeah. Like every turn is like a gunshot. Yeah. So um, they, uh, they missed. They missed. They missed. <laughs> and the bombs all, and they're like, ah, oh, well. You, 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 sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes <laughs> you assassinate a world leader, and sometimes you don't. So Gavrilo, he's like, all right, I'll see you guys back at the terrorist house and he goes into a coffee shop for a sandwich and he eats a sandwich and he comes out and um archduke franz ferdinand is right there his car has actually broken down Mm -hmm. in front of the sandwich shop by complete and utter random happenstance he's right there so uh gavrilo takes out the gun and and kills him like point blank without having planned that part Mm -hmm. so all of it really does go down to that one killing and it wasn't even like a hundred percent necessary wow necessary or on purpose yeah i mean he was it was on purpose when he took out the gun and shot shot him but it wasn't it wasn't the plan he wasn't like sent as an assassin almost like if um who killed jfk Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee, it's almost if Lee Harvey Oswald missed in the book depository, then went to the movies, and then came out, and JFK was like <laughs> standing there, yeah. like getting Go popcorn in the lobby, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So it's completely, completely random. Wow. Did you see the new season of Terrorist House on Netflix? I did not. It's Is it it's good? delightful. It's really charming. They're all they're all very quiet, and they're all it's just it's just delightful. Yeah. Um. I think the whole thing of World War One is it feels like it was a bunch of situations like that yeah. that were like these weird hey, little. What the fuck disputes. did terrorist house just have to do with anything? Well, because <laughs> he said terrorist house, and so I was making making a terrorist house terrorist house joke. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a while ago. He it said was. That. So you just held that in your pocket. I did. Yeah, I sat on it for a little while. <laughs> cool. All yep. right. Anyway. Yep. Just catching catching up here. <laughs> so moving on. Uh. So Gavrilo pops him. Gavrilo pops him. Yeah. And then World War One is on its way. World War One kind of starts and and here's where it gets weird. So Austria is occupying Bosnia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bosnia is filled with Serbians. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh <laughs> a Serbian, Gavrilo Princip, yeah. kills 
an Austrian in Bosnia. Mm-hmm. Germany supports Austria against Serbia. Russia supports Serbia against Austria and Germany. France supports Russia against Germany, Austria, mm-hmm. and Hungary. Britain, uh, Great Britain supports France and Russia against mm-hmm. Austria and Hungary. And there yeah. you have your war. Yeah. And all that takes about a month and a half to happen. And Bosnia is still somehow not involved in the war. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, yeah, it's it's incredibly confusing and confounding. And nobody involved wanted it to happen. No. Except some Germans who are like, they're going to do it. We better do it first. It was basically, they they thought... They were being surrounded. The whole history mm-hmm. of Germany is like they're paranoid schizophrenics about um, about uh, encirclement. Yeah. Like Germany is all claustrophobic yeah. there in the middle of Europe. Yeah. And um, and and so they that's they had this plan, the Schlieffen plan to attack France first before they they could get attacked mm-hmm. because they knew if they were they would get attacked by, on all sides. Yeah. So the Schlieffen plan was like this highly coordinated timetable that was written out years in advance of exactly how France would be invaded. And they thought they could do it in like uh, they thought they could Mm -hmm. knock out France in like a month. Yeah, well, because that was supposed to be fast because, you know, on the other side, they have Russia and you can't fucking win a land war in Russia. That's the thing that everybody forgets and tries every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Russia ends up saving. Yeah. Uh, the allies even though they kind of also in the later on in the middle of the war they're like oh yeah they have their own revolution and they kill their czar we're gonna take a time out and fight each other for a while my cat just started your spotify oh well that's what he was listening to my favorite one it's because you're both white boys so Um, the white boy song in the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, technically, yeah. My, it's my favorite because Jonathan Groff sings it, That's and I fair. want to bleep his bleep and the bleep. Oh, with you could a lot of bleep. Nobody cares. But, oh, but uh, no, that's the, that's the censor sound I use. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. Russia fucking saves our asses, but also in the middle of it, it's like, what up? We're gonna kill all the Romanovs and maybe have a revolution. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another interesting thing about Russia at that time was uh, a bunch of the soldiers were showing up drunk, and so what else Russia are you do in fucking Russia. Russia stopped uh, production of vodka. All, oh God! All vodka factories uh, were shut down by order of the government because everybody, all the soldiers, were getting drunk. Yeah. And uh, shortly after that, the Russian economy just collapsed. Oh my God! <laughs> they really shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um. With an antique nineteen, yeah, nineteen fourteen rifle, yeah. Um, Which that's they they brought vodka back shortly after that, and then they brought communism. Yes, Um, and then they brought communism. Two great tastes that taste great together. (laughs) Yeah, you got my communism and your vodka. You got my vodka and your communism. The uh, like nineteen, speaking of like the nineteen eighteen rifle, I mean, God that. Again, like talking about the things that like changed the scope of the world as much as like war is terrible. We came out with so war is a really great way to get people to invent shit. Yes, Uh, it is the mother of all inventions. They had no idea how to do. I mean, that's how you end up with fucking horrible trench warfare. Yep. That's how we got tanks. Yep. Flamethrowers. 
how we started weaponizing barbed wire. How uh, there were submarines before, but they had never been used in war quite like this. And was the Bismarck aerial uh, World War One or World War Two? I don't know what that. Is. I don't know. The, that it was is. this this uh, German submarine. Yeah. That there's a Johnny Horton song about. Well, another thing though that we're not. That we didn't talk about is is as though in, in getting people involved, yes, Britain went to support France, but the sinking of the Lusitania was also a part of that. That was in 1914. Yes, that and was, uh, was knocking uh, around somewhere too. Yeah, um, that's just the Romanovs. England was already like way into the war at that time. Yeah, and that was it. Was the Lusitania is weird? I read a great book about the sinking of the Lusitania called Dead Wake by Eric Larson, who mm-hmm. did. Uh, that uh, Devil in the White City book. So oh, if you God, like that book, that book, you would like this one yeah. too. Uh, it's not quite as like blood and guts and well, fun. Well, he's also my favorite serial killer. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, that's already on record on the podcast. So it's not that's new. True. It's weird that the Lusitania didn't inspire America to go, go, go to war right away. America stays neutral for like 80% or yeah. 90% of the war. We were still in our like, high isolationist yeah, day we were like we don't care about and kings and queens also yeah. we were still you know following the rules where you have to actually declare war right <laughs> that was a things. rule at that time yeah. i mean it war, still is a rule we just ignore it, it now it, it was more it took more you couldn't just send a drone in and also yeah. uh it wasn't like uh well we're gonna send a thousand troops or something like that yeah. it, be, it was sending millions of people yeah and there millions of dollars and stuff but what really inspired uh, America to go to war was, of course, the famous or infamous Zimmerman Zimmerman Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought Bob Dylan did, wasn't born for like 20 more years. His real last name is Zimmerman. Uh, that was a joke for exactly one person. You're welcome, <laughs> for, Alex. For, for Brandon later, that'll be an edit point. That will. Pick that up later. That will. Edit point here and now. You're fitting into the this, dunk zone very with, well. With this microphone, uh, I do feel a little bit like I'm doing more ASMR. Trench warfare. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. All quiet on the Western Front. The Battle of the Frontiers. Does anyone have a razor blade I could borrow? <laughs> so the Zimmerman telegram, or telegraph. It was a it Zimmerman was a telegram, I think, yeah. Uh, Tomato graph, tomatograph. <laughs> okay, come on, that was good though. Um, <laughs> that one was good. I'll that one that was one. good. We have to give him credit for that. Yep. Um, it was uh, from Germany, from uh, this guy Zimmerman, who was the German foreign minister to uh, probably the leader or an ambassador at Mexico, asking Mexico to attack the United States. Uh, in return, they would be Germany's ally, and Germany would send them money and and supplies for war and stuff. And then after uh, the United States of America was conquered by Mexico and Germany, yep. Germany would keep the East Coast and Mexico would have like the Southwest, like Everything Texas, that we took New from Mexico, them. Arizona, California, all that stuff. All the that, things that actually used that to be Mexico. was theirs. <laughs> yeah. They could get it back if they played along and made war with Germany. Yeah. It's an impossible. Even then, it must have seemed impossible. Ludicrous. Like yeah, that's insane. Incredibly ludicrous. Yeah, and it's also ludicrous that 
the Americans took that super serious and were like, oh, no, now we're going to war. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people dying before. See? No, no, no. You do not send a text message to my friend in Mexico. Should have just built the wall then and we would have been fine. Me, bro. Yeah. They yeah. should have just built the wall then. Yeah, then they, they should have. Then they don't have to worry about it. Yeah, we should have just pointed those 5,600 soldiers down <laughs> to the border and just let him put up some beautiful barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. The idea of Mexico at that time, which as a country barely had its shit together. Like It was yeah. also, they were having revolutions yeah. in Mexico too. They were in the middle of a revolution as well. Like, so, they they I mean, it really would have been a twist. It really would have elevated the World War One story yeah. into like, I mean, it would have been cool to see. Now. Oh, yeah. It been interesting. Crazy, yeah. crazy B-plot down in Mexico. Yeah. Visually very different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the execs oh, would yeah. love it. That's Ernest Hemingway's a, books would have been so much different. Such a great part, too. <laughs> That's if true. If he was in Mexico instead yeah. of Spain. Now, all we need is a third act. What's the ending of this? <laughs> Well, that, they started uh, making vodka again, and the Romanovs true. are dead. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Another thing World War Two has has is is it has a big explosion at the end, like any good story. Well, two one, two, two big, two big, two big explosions. Ones. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, attacks on civilians, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. We had a, it was yeah. a good fireworks show, but we're here to talk about World War One. And while we're talking at the start, I have to say that this one book uh, that really got me obsessed with World War One. Um. Uh. It's called The Guns of August by Barbara Tuchman. Mm -hmm. And it is a book only about the very beginning. There's almost no actual shooting or gun firing until the very, very end. Because it's about all the diplomatic uh, repercussions that were happening right there at the beginning in 1914. Right after the Archduke was killed. And France is like, well, this is nothing to worry about. And Germany is like, Russia's moving their guns. We have to attack. Guys, like everything just spin. It's a story of something spinning slowly but wildly out of control, which is super relatable to today's. Um, oh yeah, uh, climate, idiot, dumbass, yeah, uh, political climate. Well, because every, everything you you've been all of these like Buck Wild stories are reminding me more of like Veep or like you know some weird like messy 70s movie than like yeah. you know uh reality, saving private ryan yeah. the veep characters well, were like the kind of characters that started world war oh one. totally sure did you see uh the guy who created veep armando Iannucci? he uh, he put out a movie the earlier this stalin. year death of stalin so good it, it's so fucking good so bleak and yeah. dark and weird and violent but like hysterically so funny. funny and uh, that's all i've been able to think about as you've been talking about all this yeah. stuff just like weird people with their you know strange petty, yeah uh small time uh like when you want something real bad they're petty small time ambitions personal ambitions that mm -hmm. actually end up killing millions of millions people. and millions of people yeah. literally the entire there's we literally call them the lost generation. Yeah. So many men died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so many men died in Europe. Like, it's absurd. It is absurd. Uh, like, and, for, and for what? For nothing. For nothing, because yeah. everything, nobody's, there was no, not like it would have been better if Germany really had expanded its, like, you know, like, that wouldn't have justified it. No. But at the end of the day, nothing changed. Nothing changed. Yeah. And also, and then we just did it again if you think 15 about years later. How the out, how the, outbreak of the war really 
went down. So the, the Germans are rushing into France. Mm-hmm. They're going fast, 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 and they're winning by like a lot. And they get really close to Paris. Yeah. They get within 30 miles of Paris, and then finally the French are able to stop them. And they retreat a little bit, like 10 miles or something like that. Yeah. And then that the, becomes the Eastern Front. The, ever. the French are mowing them down so with Western. machine guns. Yeah. So what do you do if you're a German? You dig a trench mm-hmm. and then you get to mow down French people with your machine gun. So they dig a trench. And that's it. That's the rest of the war on yep. the Western Front yep. for the next four years. The Western years. Front just becomes just a line that barely moves. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes forever to and get Wonder those Woman. people out of the trenches. Um, Sorry, I just wanted to make a Wonder Woman joke. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and Wonder Woman is actually Loki, one of the best World War One movies. I mean, there are almost no World War One movies. At yeah, all. I have a couple to tell you about, including one that when you were describing, you were saying bleak, dark, weird, funny, all those things describe this other movie by Stanley Kubrick. Actually, it's not one of the famous Stanley Kubricks, but it's called Paths of Glory. That was his first film, right? I'm not sure if it was his very first, and I can look that up here. It was early. It was early, But yeah. it was very early. It was uh, um, 1957, black and white, with uh, Kirk Douglas. Right. And uh, it is um, one of the... the uh, it is one of the more notable Stanley Kubrick movies because it's the shortest. It is only, so it's only two and a half minutes hours long. long. 88 minutes. It is shorter than Shrek 2. If you have time <laughs> to watch Shrek 2, you have time to watch Paths oh, of Glory. So wow. And then you'll have like five or seven minutes after so to hang out. Yeah. And because it, it's shorter. Than to Shrek read 2. about the adventures of your friends Shrek and yeah. Donkey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you can but just. But yeah, you're right. There aren't that many World War One movies. But another thing that was actually when you're saying like, oh, it's low key, pretty good World War One movie. Yeah. One of the things as much as she was she was the bad guy in it. That's another thing that I find fascinating. And again, you know war is the mother of invention the all of the um work and and the documentation of the real woman who did make like um masks right ceramic masks for soldiers who came back that had been affected by mustard gas and like had their faces melted off essentially or were super disfigured there was a real there was a real woman who was not a villain who was a hero but had a similar like face mask like that and she she created them for years in france and there's fucking horrifying fascinating photos of it wow because they uh, just had no they had no concept of how to i mean it was so new they had no concept of how to treat there was injuries Uh, yeah there was no plastic surgery and at that point it was it was you know literally you know battlefield surgery all they were trying to do was keep the person alive they weren't worried about you know what it was going to look like at the end yeah yeah and especially because at that point like most of the wars we'd fought for oh, I don't know, history <laughs> had been your option was either to stab the person or like throw a big heavy thing at them. Yeah. And now we've got bombs and tanks and planes and gas and, and, and gas. There was a brief and it's period gross in the middle and messy where you could both where you could both stab somebody and throw something heavy at them. And that is child bayonets. Yeah, that that's is the period true. in which we fought with bayonets. Yeah. That in which is you could true. try to throw something at somebody, and if it didn't work, you just stab them with the and big knife that we attached to the end of the gun. There's some pictures of like the Russian soldiers where they have, I'm not even sure if the official name is a bayonet, but yeah. it's like a six foot long sword on top of their gun. Yeah. They were like, just make it longer. Just yeah. make it bigger and longer. So it's like the gun blade from Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. 
it's like they were they were basically the equivalent of your older brother like putting his hand on your forehead and being like huh, you're too short to reach yes, me exactly. like, you can't stab me yes you can't stab me loser yeah um ta- speaking of the guy uh, sorry the the woman with a face mask from mm-hmm. uh uh wonder woman um one of the characters one of my favorite characters from boardwalk empire Mm -hmm. uh the hbo series with steve buscemi um michael pitt plays uh world war one vet Mm -hmm. who's back and like all ptsd out and then his friend who's also a gangster is has that disfigurement and has the mask and it's he's a fascinating character yeah uh, I'm trying to look up his name here, but I, there's so many Italians on that show. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's the other thing. That's um, the other thing World War One taught us: PTSD. That's we true. called it shell, shell shock. shock. <laughs> yep. People, I mean, scientists at the time, scientists like people with white coats that yeah. were like, the brain is a, a series of doors. Like I don't know, they were just like, uh, they were figuring it <laughs> yeah, out. They were still figuring it out. Um, they uh, they really thought it was the sound of the. The percussion of mm-hmm. the of the shells of the uh, artillery that did it yep. they had no idea but really the artillery the constant pounding of the artillery yeah um and also the horror, the horror. of living in trenches uh rats corpses yeah starving we just didn't know thirst. enough about psychology to realize that like it was not a physical cause of this it was people right. were fucking horrified the brain yeah. should yeah. not be processing death on the scale yeah I've always, I've always wondered if you did if you still saw some form of ptsd like back in like you know the like giant you know like greek or roman wars or anything like that oh of yeah. course it's not like it's not like we're, we're one invented oh, totally. ptsd but it, it put it again it was on such a all of a sudden it wasn't you know one guy in the Roman yeah. army who actually probably died the next day that's upset. You know, it's yeah. you had millions and millions of people with right. this. The, and then even if they did die, you still had thousands and thousands of people coming back from war yeah. with this all at once. And, and the, so it was it was such a volume that it presented an actual oh, yeah. diagnosis. And they were pushed to fight yeah. by these generals. Conscription and, too. And often suicidal. Yep. Uh, just told to march out and just knowing that they would get mowed down. Mm-hmm. God, and yeah. also the way the bullets and stuff worked back then, uh, most of them got shot, fell to the ground, and then uh, suffered extreme pain and agony for the next 18 to 36 hours before they died then. Yeah. The, the headshots didn't happen a no. lot. Although the sniper rifle was also like... I don't know if it was invented in World War One, but it was perfected. Perfected in World War One, mm-hmm. and that's uh, like they would they would uh, zoom all the way in just for one slightest little movement, and then open fire, and all you had to do was be up for one second. Mm-hmm. God, just the amount of like horrible things we do to other people. Is so terrible. I think what's so darkly fascinating to me about World War One yeah. is that it is a combination of our of our worst instincts, which is brutalism and stupidity, and it's all for nothing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why um, it isn't taught more in schools, but also one of the things that makes it fascinating to me now. Is that I knew almost nothing about it growing up. Yeah. 
um, because nobody, we don't really teach kids about World War One. Yeah. I mean, it comes America, up, especially in America. I mean, it comes up. It's in our history. I mean, my mom was a history teacher, so that's why yeah. I literally did no research for this. I've been pulling all of these things out my ass. Um, but. <laughs> It, it is fascinating and obviously it's covered but we tend to only cover our involvement in it yeah, yeah. which is only f- like less is, than a year yeah which is it, it's it sucks because it's not complete history it's basically yeah it's and it's self it's self-reflective history so we only learn about the american involvement we don't really understand we don't fully understand the the repercussions of it and what it did to europe yeah. Because it was never fought on our yeah. land. But how it did the war affect us? It Bender. was always something abstract, even when we were involved in it, you know, right. other than people was who had someone over there. over there. It was somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we didn't And we, we didn't can't, have people... as Americans, even now, looking back at that and knowing all that, as Americans, we have no concept for the idea of a war happening on our borders. Oh, yeah. We, um, and the, the, o- the only one we really have is... Uh, the civil war yeah and that is that's long it's enough like long gone yeah that just, it just sounds like i mean that it's not a huge difference between the civil war and like ancient greece wars in our oh, in yeah. our cultural remembrance yeah. like oh, totally we we have no rel- relation to that but i think europeans do have a, they do relate more to world war one and yeah. World war two yeah. because they're like yeah that was that church over there that my grandfather died in. Yeah, like because that. they and they have such a longer history that both got wrecked, and also you know they have a longer right. You go into their their towns in tiny towns in England. You go into and there's a World War One monument showing the fucking hundreds of guys who died. You know, like literally entire bloodlines were yeah. wiped off yeah. the map. I was actually weirdly thinking about that when I was playing Red Dead. I went into a town and just eviscerated everyone. <laughs> like everyone, like f- over the course of this mission, just everyone in this town died. Uh-huh. And then we dipped out, and then like I rolled back up later, and there was just a new crop of people in there. And I was like, "That's not exactly how it goes." Yeah, I was like, "How? How did? How do you deal with like that? That is interesting to me. Yeah, what hap- Like what happens to the three people that survive something yeah. like that? But hey." PTSD. Yeah. Hey, you know, horrible, you know, psychic damage. Yeah. So speaking of PTSD, horrible psychic damage and the war being on like someone's backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the novels I've read about World War One is this novel Storm of Steel by Ernst Jünger, mm-hmm. who is actually a German and is telling it from a German soldier's point of view. Oh, that's fascinating. And what's weird about that is not only he doesn't know that it's based on his real life experience, but it's a novel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know that it's PTSD. He's just like, this is awful. I hate it. It makes me shake like that. Yeah. But also what's weird is like, um, what they did at the time was they had, you would have like two weeks in the trenches and then two weeks still in the army, but just not in the trenches because they would need the guys to cool down. Otherwise they would, not only starve to death because there was no, there was very mm-hmm. little food oh. out in the trenches, but they would just go insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, didn't, um, I didn't realize that. I thought so you they were... got swapped out. No. The, the men got swapped out and back in and back out. And sometimes they got leave. And so it was really weird for me when I was reading the book that he basically, he gets leave and he gets on a train and like half an hour later, he's home. Maybe not half an hour, but like sure. in the book, yeah. three sentences later like i got on a train and i oh, went yeah. home and i saw my mom and dad 
Yeah, that doesn't like, exist for us. Yeah, I mean, no. we th- we tend it's, to think. Yeah, army gave me a holiday. I'm home. Like, what yeah, up? I like, just hey, how's it going? I'm I'm back for dinner. And yeah, mom was like, oh my god, I didn't know if you were alive because yeah. I didn't get any letters from you. Yeah. Did you pick up groceries on the way back on your way back yeah. from the war? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any more bread made out of sawdust? Because that's all we are eating. Because we are <sighs> Germans during World War One, mm-hmm. and we are starving to death. I to gave my last piece war. to my my trench mate. He's dead. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. No. I uh. There's a, again, like speaking of World War One media, actually, there's um, a lot of. Uh, um, have you ever watched the Miss Fisher's murder mysteries? No, I haven't. Um, so it's not about World War One, but it, they're in Australia, and everybody who's a character in it was uh, Australia was affected. Australia was was yeah. they sent soldiers into World War One. Yeah. So Australia had troops involved, and they had troops in France, and everyone who's in there is either a veteran. Or she like worked as like a field nurse, and you sometimes it's funny because it's it comes up so much. They did really well in the writing of of making sure that you understood that every single part of their life was affected by World War One, yeah. was affected by where they were, was affected by what they did, and it comes up pretty regularly, Her, um, which like, is interesting. And there's one kick. whole there's one whole episode that's about um, the two of the two of the guys that are now like cab drivers. They were veterans. And they were in France uh, during the war. And there's like a whole episode that has to do with what happened to them when they were there, which is really interesting. Yeah. But I- yeah. But so speaking of because it is it, you a lot of times, you know, you. Well, like we were talking to, you know, people get it, they skim over the impact of it. And I think it's really interesting to see a piece of media in which they did deal so regularly yeah. with with the fact that like World War One shaped their entire lives. Oh, like, yeah. And for the rest of that, and especially, it's interesting too because especially people don't think about like Australia. Australia, Australia wasn't affected. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Okay. They, I mean, imagine being a soldier and shipping out. Uh, I don't know how much, how many miles, ten thousand yeah. miles. Yeah. To God, how long did that you never heard of? Mm-hmm. And for a cause that you're not even sure exactly what it is, but and you're like, Queen yeah, England don't exactly want to. Yeah, be under. like Australian people mm-hmm. aren't a hundred percent loyal to england probably at that time gee wonder why Um, but yeah so um one of the campaigns that australia was uh super heavily involved in was gallipoli Mm -hmm. which is the name of an island in the in the middle east and turkey got involved in the war we haven't mentioned them yet but they were part of the central powers Mm -hmm. alongside germany and austria hungary and so england let me let's see if this reminds you of anything England was like, we're going to go down to Gallipoli and kick these Turks' butts. They're Hmm. Middle Eastern. They're dumb. They're not cool like our imperial. They don't have the guns we do. Sure, it's their land, and they know all about it, and they have forts there, and they have people there to fight for their home. But we're just gonna go in and take it, man. Like, I mean, it that sounds, sounds like, like these like, people are trying to manifest their destiny. Yeah, yeah, that just sounds like most of England for the 1800s. Right. Do you think? Uh-huh. Uh, do you think it worked out well for uh, the Australians and the oh, British? No. Probably no. not. The no. Turkish kicked their asses in Gallipoli. Yeah. Winston Churchill was made a fool of and mm-hmm. had to like resign in disgrace, uh, and we never heard of him again. <laughs> Um, I feel like he was maybe the the one big character <laughs> yeah. from World War One that you you still sort of hear about because he because he he was like yeah he he's, wasn't he's a leader but he's also kind of bitchy and yeah, kind of yeah but he wasn't prime minister at the time that's true 
That's yeah, true. He was, uh, he was involved. He was, uh, he was in politics, but he, he, he didn't resign from being prime minister. He was still prime minister for World War II. Right. I think he was an admiral in the Navy, but admiral is pretty high up. I could look that up, too. Something like that. But he was, yeah, admiral's he was, the in, the, he was in the in Navy. The Navy. He might have been like an assistant admiral or something. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, he Assistant did. to the admiral. He got... <laughs> He got his ass handed to him. So yes. Winston He's... Churchill was not a war hero when he got elected. No. Mm-hmm. Gallipoli it was also a film, I believe, with Mel Gibson. Yeah, there's some that, that... it's pretty it's pretty rough. Like it, it's it's a tough watch. Like in it because it's bad or because it's super violent. Well, just blue. yeah, just and, sorry. Uh, well, just because like it, it it's pretty unsparing about trench life uh-huh. from what I remember, and it, it, I think the final shot is like a bunch of just another wave of dudes uh-huh. just jumping over the wall of the trench and like you just hear gunshots and it cuts yeah, to black like it. it was it was re- it's really this like uh-huh. it, it feels uh, sort of like you know saving private ryan or a band of brothers in that way of just yeah. like this this is going to show how it really sucks yeah for like a number of different reasons <laughs> Uh, as well as Australians, New Zealand got involved in the mm-hmm. war as well. I'm going to New Zealand in uh, five days. Oh cool. shit! And uh, I'm a little bit pissed because we're well, not pissed. I made my own plans, but we're staying <laughs> on the North Island mm-hmm. and on the South Island in Wellington is a museum. I think started by or funded by Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's nice. like an interactive World War One museum. Oh, that's really cool. And he's also got a movie coming out. I think this fall. I think it might have debuted on British television already, but I'm not sure if it's coming out on TV in America or if that's even decided yet. Um, but it's a documentary called "They Will Not Be Forgotten," mm-hmm. which is about oh, New Zealand yeah. soldiers, and I think it involves colorized World War One footage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen some of the footage of that. It looks incredible. Yeah, it's supposed to be a real tearjerker yeah. of, yeah. of a documentary about a war. So yeah. I'm sure. really looking forward to seeing that. And the, the thing that was so interesting about that footage, and I also recently saw a very well colorized photo of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And it's just like, just the simple fact of adding color, even though you know it's been done you know in post and it's yeah. been done you know trying to make it as accurate as possible but still is is an artifice it makes it feel so much more real because we're so used to seeing everything in color and all of our media is in color now yeah. it, it just adds this level of like this oh that's a real just, person yeah like these like these just look like young kids that you would see making like vines today there is something about you know? black and white that robs the photo of that mm-hmm. oh totally black uh, and white uh, sepia tone the, yeah uh, we we are our eyes are so dumb that we're like that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's old. Yeah. Like, oh, cause uh, black and white, whatever. That's not yeah. real. But like, yeah, it's it's. But at the same time, people thought the camera was stealing their soul. That's uh-huh. true. <laughs> um, true. I, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I still do jump a little bit when a, a train comes at me in a movie. But oh, like, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, but it's like a, it's a big train. I don't know. It could be. It could. It might not stop. Yeah. The uh. Talking when you're speaking of the the book that's from the perspective of the German soldier, I I think that is really interesting because we don't see a lot of things from that perspective. But I think at the end of the day, the thing that we forget, and I think that is important about reading things from that perspective, is that the German soldiers were many of them were conscripted. This was not a thing they believed in; it was just no. a thing they had to do, just like yeah. every other soldier. There is very little like, uh, ideolo- ideology to from World their War point I. of view. Yeah, there there was just very like, little ideology and. 
and there was little, very little ideology on either side yeah. to the point where it's a miracle that the fucking soldiers didn't all just unionize and say, like, no, yeah. fuck this. We're not doing and, that. Well, they d- And sometimes they did. There was a pretty uh, well-known, the, the Christmas armistices on the Western Front right. um, yep. in Christmas of sixteen, mm, maybe? Real good Doctor Who about that. There is actually a very good Doctor Who episode oh, about I've that. I've never seen it. it yeah, there is a very good it. Doctor Who episode about Peter, that. P- Peter Capaldi's, I think, final episode. Oh. It was the uh, Christmas special, yeah. Yeah, it's about uh, Mark Gatiss, who was a writer on the show and also co-creator of uh, Sherlock. He's uh, he's Mycroft, he Mycroft on, on yeah. Sherlock, is a, you know, uh, an officer who's oh. like in like basically just a pit of mud with uh, an enemy soldier. And it's just the two of them basically pointing their guns at each other. But both kind of saying like, we don't have to do this. Like yeah. this they don't sucks. Understand because one is yeah. English, one's German. And then you know Doctor Who bombs in and pulls him out of time. Yeah. But it's 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 really. But it turns out it's it's on the. It, you find out later in the episode that it turns out it's actually the day of the Christmas armistice. Yeah, and um, the and they sort of and it was and it was it was unofficial and they and the yeah. soldiers weren't supposed to do it but they were like fuck it it is christmas and like this is a nightmare and they did they came out yeah. of the trenches and they they played shared. A little soccer yeah, they yeah. Had some beers, and then they went cigarettes. they went back and the next day killed, each, killed other. each other yeah, yeah. there's yeah. something beautifully human about that yeah like it's fucked up and horrible but there's also something yeah. kind of it's like a glass it's like a ice cube in a in an arsenic tea or mm-hmm. something yeah like, that. like it's like uh yeah it's good that they did it but yeah. Man, I wish we didn't make them do. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it's it's that thing of like people will always find a way to connect. Yeah. Even in the most horrific circumstances. Yeah. And like, there there are so few moments like that historically that we that we know about, and like I think that's why that moment stands out so so yeah. starkly compared to the rest of this like fucked up like really close quarters kind of nightmare yeah the 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 germans uh they're not they weren't like nazi germans no yeah but also they weren't was the kaiser fucking whack entirely (laughs) yes the kaiser was crazy yeah he was a fucking crazy person kaiser wilhelm of germany (laughs) the kaiser ever comes up to you and tries to offer you drugs say no you're whack Say no to the Kaiser. <laughs> Say no to Kaiser Wilhelm. Yeah, the Habsburgs were very inbred. And Kaiser yes. Permanente while we're at it. He had a he had a complex because of his shriveled up hand. Yep. And uh or Gee, maybe sounds his like arm. another another president we know. Yeah, seriously. And uh he just he, he I mean, there were a couple times where like people left him alone with a map in in like the general's quarters and the, and he would just start talking and they'd be like oh god what have we done like the other generals would be like no but one thing kaiser wilhelm did uh he had the he had at least a crazy man's foresight was um uh when the germans got turned around and pushed back like we were talking earlier yeah. right at the beginning of uh the war in September 1914 after they lost the Battle of the Marne, the first Battle of the Marne, and they got pushed back and then they went into trenches, Kaiser Wilhelm told people, like, that's it, we lost. And it would have been great if he had stepped up and said, we We lost, lost. let's retreat. Instead he was like, we lost, but let's hang on there for another four years and see how many millions of people we can kill in the process. Yeah. 
So he did weirdly have the foresight to be like, we didn't take Paris. And if we didn't take Paris now, we're, we're not, not ever going to take, take Paris. Paris. But uh, we can stand right outside of Paris. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and also it does still have to do with his paranoia. So like, yeah, they didn't take Paris, but he still doesn't want France coming into Germany. Right. Yeah. He's so afraid of encirclement yeah. and losing uh, German mm-hmm. land. Yep. Um, That's sort of pre the concept of like Lebensraum. Right. But it's kind of a similar. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. And so then that was the Western Front. Let's talk about the Eastern Front for a minute, because that was a fucking shit show. The and once Eastern again, you is... cannot want to win a land war in Asia. Yeah. You can't win a Don't land war in Asia. Stop it. trying it, people. It doesn't work in risk. It doesn't work in real life. It doesn't work anywhere. It doesn't work. Russia is old, is long and cold, and nothing fucking grows there. And they're used to it. Yeah. They we know how to deal with it. can't be used to it. Yeah. It's like... it's like when you move to Southern California and then go back to anywhere else. Yeah. You're just like... Or, like, Weather. trying to invade Hoth. Yeah, like, it's, it, like, on top of the fact that it's cold, it's not, like, there's nothing to, there's no, like, farms to pillage on the way. Nope. Like. Nope, they're starving. They're eating beets and wallpaper. I um, mean, the scorched earth policy came, for, Napoleon's scorched earth policy didn't fucking work, and it's not yeah. gonna work now. <laughs> yeah. The Eastern Front, at the very least, was a lot more, uh movement there were mm-hmm. they're not as they they were probably yeah. i don't know this for sure but they were probably like you guys let's not dig trenches yeah. it was yeah. Nah. yeah the trench warfare that the they World did War not want to yeah exclusively the western front for the yeah. most part like we, um, we've been over there it sucks right like yeah. we hate each other but that sucks yeah. right <laughs> uh, there's also more mountains on the eastern front so it's not as possible the terrain is totally different that's true and uh russia i mean Russia did save before bef- before they uh, started all fighting each other. The Russians did save the allies with the Brusilov oh, yeah, offensive. For sure. It was basically for Germany like a balancing act or like a really simple strategy game of like, where should I put my armies? Should I put them on the west or should I put them on the east? And they kept trying to be like once we kill france it'll be easy to kill russia so just keep trying mm-hmm. to kill france yeah and russia was like no we need so it was a constant split of yeah. germany's forces between france and russia because the plan was the whole reason to take paris is the plan was to knock it into a two-front war yeah and they did <laughs> yeah um so the russians like sacrificed just like in world war Two, yeah. so many people oh yeah uh and they, it would have been very easy for Russia to stay neutral in the war or to stay out of the war because mm-hmm. the only thing bringing them into it was Serbia. Mm-hmm. But it, the, um, the Tsar, uh, I think he was Peter One, I'm not sure, or Peter Two. Nicholas. Nicholas. Nicholas Romanov. Nicholas. The last Romanov. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you got that. Uh, Nicholas Two of Russia. Yeah. Um, he was the one that said, no, we, we've got to do this. We've got to stick up for our people, the Slavs. Mm-hmm. We're going to war. And yeah, then they had they had minor ideology. It was ethnic, but it, yeah. Was, yeah, at it least was regressive. Some, it was at least something. Yeah. <laughs> Say what you will about the tenets of National Socialism. At least it's an ethos. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so we got to kind of start wrapping up. Um, are there any any topics in, in World War Two we haven't covered yet? You or got a favorite battle? Your favorite battle? I favorite? mean... I have favorite kind of trench wood. My no. favorite battle is definitely Verdun. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which um, I actually, for my brother's birthday or Christmas present, I got him uh, an actual medal from Verdun. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Um, because he's also obsessed with World War One, And uh, Verdun, also known as the meat grinder, was when Germany was like, we're just going to bleed France white. Mm-hmm. We're just going to, th- we're going to make France want to win so bad that they all die trying to win. Mm-hmm. So Germany attacked the Verdun, which is an important, not important, excuse me, not important city in actual real life. There was no, um, there was no industry. There industry. was, it was not a strategic point. No, it wasn't, no strategy. Uh, it wasn't any kind of base. But it was important to French people's hearts and minds yeah. because it had been important in other wars and had never fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, even going back all to like the wars of Gaul and yeah. like in 1200s. So the Germans send people at, to Verdun to capture it and the French fall for the ploy. And it's one of the longest battles ever. It's mm-hmm. one of the bloodiest battles ever. Had some of the most nightmarish conditions inside Fort Vaux, mm-hmm. where it was like people fighting hand to hand for weeks on end in waist deep water that's filled with corpses and the pitch black. Only the gunshots illuminating for a moment. Mm-hmm. The the fort where they have no food is it's disgusting uh even just like listening to that is stressing me out yeah it was odd um and so that's what the french were up to in in yeah 1916 wacky french one thing i'd like to say is that world war one and world war two both of them have this idea that america came in and saved everybody's butt we did not Mm, america came in at the fourth quarter when we were when the french were like up by one touchdown yeah and then we scored like eight touchdowns in a row. That part is true. We did score a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. I don't even know anything about football. I don't know why it's a football. This all tracks. No, but you're right. We did come in at the end. We did. We were certainly important in turning the tide and providing support. But to say America, you know, saved the world yeah. or that we like we got this absurd idea out of it. As a country, we got this absurd idea of like, we thought that we saved everybody and we didn't. No. But it yeah. affected our foreign policy for the next 100 years. Yeah. And also, <laughs> all those countries involved England, France, uh, Germany, Russia, huge superpowers before the war. Yeah. And after the war, uh, after the much, war, we're bailing them out with the Marshall we, Plan. Yeah. We're like, we're doing great. We're selling bullets to yeah. both sides. World War One made us a superpower. Yep. For we sure. became oh, a superpower off of the backs of. The people who died in World War One, yeah, because like, yeah. otherwise we probably would have just kept on being isolationist. Isolationist. World War Woodrow Wilson did not want to be involved. No, no, he super didn't want to be involved. Kind of can't blame him, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it made sense not to get involved in 1914. No, yeah. now yeah. what would have like yeah, hundreds of thousands happened. of Americans would have died. Oh, totally. Um, but also, it it is a little shitty that we were like, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. As they were dying. And then at the very end, I mean, they didn't know. We were like, oh, someone was mean to me, so I guess I'll help now. Yeah. We were like, (sighs) Mexico? We're not giving anything back to Mexico. Mobilize. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Still rings true a hundred years later. Thanks for listening to me talk about World War I. Thanks for talking about it. I would also say another World War I movie, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. technically. Super great. Yeah. Super great movie about World War I. Yeah. Yeah. So if people wanted to find more Jack O'Brien-related content on the internet, how could they do that? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, you can always go to my Twitter, which is O'Brien, at O'Brien John Jack. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I might as well, 
you know, promote myself just a little bit. Do it. This is the uh, plug spot. I wrote a book uh, called Are You the Wasps? And I put it on Amazon. Such Kindle, a good title. Where you cool. could get it for like two ninety nine and read it on your phone or computer, even if you don't have an a Kindle. And uh, or if you have a Kindle, it's uh, it's and it's R.E. like an, in, in an email, the wasps. It's about a haunted office building uh, that has a bunch of wasps in it. <laughs> and um, then the, all the characters are emailing each other. Nice. Like, R.E. the wasps. <laughs> That's very funny. It's <laughs> really good. So you should check out the book. It's uh, I'm super happy with how it came out. That's awesome. I'll nice. definitely have to check that out. Um, I can be found across the Internet at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the platforms uh our first or my first show with tantrum is going to be coming up the week after the wednesday following thanksgiving i'm super excited about it um the first couple like hangout oh, yeah. sessions and meetings i've had with the the group have been awesome not so sure far. we covered that that gun, you, gunslinger is no more gunslinger rides no more oh yeah no i think we mentioned in the Maybe. last episode that, just that, a reminder gunslinger rides no more yeah gun, gun gunslinger has been sent to hell and rightly so. <laughs> but now um, he's on Tantrum. Now I'm on Tantrum. Very excited about it. Um, oh, you do yours, and then we can talk about the sh the live show. Well, we need to decide if this is going up tomorrow or not uh, before yeah, we decide I don't, whether or not to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it up between now and tomorrow, so you honestly. one just in case, and you won't use it if we... Yes. Okay. Yeah, basically. Um, Edit point. <laughs> yeah, so... Edit did, point. Do, that do, um do, was incredible. Did you hear that um? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, when, when I say that, I, I become... Somewhere between Kermit the Frog and Scooter. <laughs> um. All right. So uh, you can find me everywhere online at, at Girladactyl. Uh, I am currently working on two holiday shows uh, that will both be opening uh, right at the beginning of December. They're both very, very good. Um, one is called uh, A Harmony Boys Christmas Live from Waikiki Beach. Uh, that one is... Uh, very blue, very tongue-in-cheek satire based around a uh, like 1960s tight harmony boy band um it's an ongoing property they've done a few of them before they're very funny it's a very funny original script um and the other one is the complete opposite and it's it's a wonderful life the radio play <laughs> um and that one is done period and it's got this larger framing device in a radio station um theater unleashed does it every year it is our holiday tradition uh this year we are getting to do a special performance down in fullerton at the muckenthaler cultural center which is like a huge uh, venue so we're really excited about that that's great um, i'm gonna get to touch all their tech in their booth oh, excited yeah. to go touch their stuff oh yeah yeah i'm gonna touch them microphones all right oh, yeah. um so i don't think i have anything else but thank you as always to tiny stills and kaylin west for the use of our theme song starting over is a lot like giving up off the album falling is like flying um, you can follow uh, the podcast at, at IntuitPod. You can hashtag it IntuitPod on Instagram. And you can follow us on Facebook where you can see updates. You can talk with us. Uh, I don't know. Yell at us. I mean, I might delete it, but have fun. <laughs> uh, if you could rate and rate. We haven't reminded you guys in a while. If you could uh, rate and leave a review iTunes, it really helps, and we would appreciate it. And you'll get that mountain goat suit we've we been trying to give away for a I fucking year. Lost it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, if this does go up tomorrow, so we are about to do our first live show. That's technically not true oh because I hosted oh, the panel. Right. I hosted the Wonder Woman panel. Oh, you're right. We did do that where I cut out every word I said because I sounded like a fucking asshole. <laughs> we do have technically that one, but this is our first. Like, <laughs> specifically live for an audience that knows that we're a podcast and yep. just don't know who these assholes interviewing, you know, 
fucking Mark Wade are. Yeah. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we were doing our uh, live show as part of Podcast Party at the pack. It's going to uh, be a mini-sode. Mini-sode, 15 minutes. Not sure who our guest is, but we're trying to line up uh, somebody who's going to be real cool. Might be an old favorite. Might be someone new. You'll have to come and find out. So if you live in LA, you can come to that at 9 p.m. Uh, it's at the Pack Theater. All their shows are pay what you can. So uh, it's essentially a free show. Uh, it's sponsored this week by wine for some reason so that'll yeah. that ought to be a fucking rager and uh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fun come on out and if you can't make it out i'm sure that we will post that eventually as a little bonus episode yep so jack thank you so much for uh coming by thank you guys about for having me a horrible horrible situation thank you for, <laughs> yeah me in thank the you for telling story. me about uh talking to me about uh just the worst <laughs> of humanity yeah. oh. i think you'd be into it yeah. The worst of humanity. That's all right. We did one on serial killers. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yep. Yeah. So all that being said, uh, podcast over. Uh-